Hello, welcome to ATM, Artists Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot, and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford. We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations. We don't pretend to be authorities. We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, Hedwig! Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and turn me down. Hi, Aaron. Hi, hi. How <laughs> are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm here in San Antonio with our next guest, Christy Blizzard. Fabulous. Fabulous. And um, I think you're going to introduce Christy, uh, her, read her bio, their bio. Yes. So uh, Christy is, uh, identifies as a multidisciplinary artist exploring the process of becoming trans species and also tries to hear angels through sound, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, they have attended Art Pace, which is in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, Scow, oh crap, I knew I was going to mess Scowhegan. that up. Scowhegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they've shown at the Roswell UFO Costume Contest and Contemporary Art Museum in Houston. Uh huh. Um, so we are super excited to talk to uh, Christy today about her movie that she has selected, which is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So yeah. Hyde, what what is your Hi, Christy? His- Hello. Oh, yeah. Hi, Christy. Sorry. <laughs> We're um, sitting shoulder to shoulder here in San Antonio, <laughs> uh, sharing uh, earphones sharing a, with nice. the, you know. Uh, uh, to speak to Aaron in um, Dallas. So. Yeah, yeah. Are you in your little bed area? As well? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't talk Christy into getting in my bed, which I'm usually doing the podcast from my bed because it's all That's soft. So uh, I have curtains all around it and a blanket on the wall. That's and awesome. but we're just sitting. We're uh, provincially sitting at my uh, dining room table. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, I was really hoping that it would but be. But who knows? After this podcast, <laughs> anything is possible. So, so before we talk about the movie, I want to talk about Christie's work a tiny bit because sure. I feel like um, some of the forms that the work takes are so unusual that people might need a little briefing about, like, uh, like the reference to like Alien Life uh-huh. and the project uh-huh. in Roswell. And I know you produce music, you mm-hmm. you do performance. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, what what do you want to tell us about your work? Just to like kind of uh, orient people a little bit. To... Yeah. Well, um, in this, so I guess like, you know, I'm kind of like a, I guess a slow artist. You know, like. Like uh, slow food. Like slow, yeah, maybe like <laughs> slow food. I don't know, um, but. So in the summer of 2015, I had like a series of kind of what I would call ecstatic experiences that um, kind of repositioned the way I understood my work and the way I understood like what what art like what my what art could be for me. 
And so I, before that time, um, my work was dealing with like painting and objects and trying to, trying to put paintings in different situations, but, you know, really kind of enmeshed in history and the dialogue of painting. And then after these events happened, I kind of like stopped really caring (laughs) about all of that and kind of really realized, you know, like maybe more of what an outsider is or what, you know, like, what does it mean to like have like to work from a vision as opposed to like work from like the intellect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I had these events and um, they became like very spiritual for me. And I felt like through, um, and I was also reading Jean-Francois Leotard's The Inhuman at the same time. And he talks about, like, how does one have a thought outside of the body? Um, Kind of like artificial intelligence. But but at that time, I was attending a lot of, like, 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 outdoor rave events. And so I noticed, like, the crowds with the music were having a kind of thought outside the body. It was a form of telepathy. And so I started to explore that realm of, like, how far could you take a thought go? And then like, you know, like sound waves, like, you know, how far can they go? And then what kinds of things can you communicate, can, can you communicate with? Mm-hmm. And what kinds of things can you res- begin to receive if you can like tune your mind, you know, kind of like to the frequency of what they are. Uh-huh. And so I started to be able to do that in, you know, around 2015. And so then my work suddenly changed and became really like obsessed with that. That's my dog drinking water in the background. <laughs> Just if you thought maybe Christy and I were splashing around in the bathtub. That's so funny. I love all the sound effects. I think the last episode we had like little birds chirping and, and uh, clink, clinking of the glass. Yeah. Um, wow. That, you know, I, th- I feel like your work, Christy, really touches on the sort of like metaphysical like yeah I mean it's so like dada in like a very futuristic way and I think most people see your work and they probably are scratching their heads most of the time um at least your your more recent that's a safe bet yeah yeah Yeah. see I think my work is so obvious like it's Uh weird like I get that a lot like (sighs) people will tell me like you need to be really clear and I'm like I don't know how to be more clear Uh I don't I don't think you need to be really clear I mean I think that like some mystery in art is a fine component okay um but and I don't feel like it's uh like purposefully obscure either I feel like you're just really in your own vibe yeah. and uh i like i trust it okay. I, I want that's, you to trust it yeah, uh, yeah. it's kind of but, like trusting the vibe that's yeah the put it. yeah yeah so christy um tell us your history with this movie that you've chosen yeah yeah so um so i was i went so i'm from rural indiana and i went to like like probably the worst art school <laughs> in the world. Oh wow! Yeah, I want to write them a letter. But I'm reading. I've been reading the Upanishads and like learning about compassion. So I'm trying. I don't think I'm going to write them the letter, but it really was a horrific education in so many ways. Um, Tell. <laughs> I want to know so, more about this. Like, what was so okay. bad about it? 
Well, so I just used that as an intro because that's when I saw Hedwig, like 2001 oh. it came out. I actually oh. saw it in a, like yeah. a theater. Like now it's kind of main, mainstream, but I saw it in like an art theater yeah. while I was like a junior at art school. Okay. So, you know, like my art school was like just very traditional. The male teachers slept with the female students <gasps> regularly. What? This was in the painting department. Like sculpture was fine. Like everything <laughs> else was fine, but... Like, I managed to choose the, yeah. Yeah, paint department's always a mess. So that's pretty much a guarantee. Yeah, it was the biggest mess. (laughs) There were good people there, but mostly it was horrible. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, That's funny. That reminds me just briefly about, like, uh, University of Texas in Austin, uh, Farrah Fawcett was an art major there. I don't know if you know this. And before she was a Charlie's Angel... And she had a sculpture professor named Charles Umloff, and she became his muse. Ah. And apparently, like, he made sculptures oh that have her, like, sort of abstracted, but you can recognize her because she had that hair before she was famous. Uh-huh. The, the winged hair, which is also like Hedwig. Hedwig yeah. Yeah. Gets, gets the... Uh, the winged hair. Yeah. 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 But and way over the top. Faucet, right? Yeah. In, a, yeah. in one of the songs. Yeah. 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 So, um, and and and, yeah. and uh, Farrah Fawcett's from Cor- Corpus Christi, Texas. I had no idea. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah. So, and she, uh, I guess she sort of had that art school experience where she um, got to have adult experiences yeah. with her professor. <laughs> yeah. Well, too. she seemed to fare a lot better than I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still kind of like in therapy over it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Oh, yeah. You know, but you learn. I guess the hard way about how not to trust institutions. Yes. (laughs) Right. Which a lot of my work is about like going against institutions and and Uh kind of misogyny. So, Mm -hmm. so in a sense it, you know, I think the good thing about that program was that I guess it made me an artist in the most fucked up way possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was not, I mean, it was just so traditional and we were not encouraged to experiment or anything that was like, yeah. you know, and as a teacher, I'm like, wow. Um, well, I would definitely say like, you're one of the more experimental artists <laughs> that totally. I would, you know, that I am aware of. Yeah. And I love that you're kind of busting out these new forms that are, yeah, uh, yeah like you're definitely going against the grain of yeah. like the academy yeah. of <laughs> painting and sculpture you know yeah. it's like yeah like fuck those guys yeah. <laughs> and and you know like that uh public image limited song uh I, I forget the name of the song but i remember like a lyric that repeats in it is that anger is an energy anger oh, is an energy and i that really resonated with me too. It's like, yeah, you can be really motivated by being in an oppressive yeah. environment and yeah. go like, fuck these guys. They don't know more yeah, about the, exactly. what art is than yeah. I do, you know, but yeah. so yeah, sometimes it's great to have that awakening and, and yeah. understand that like authority is bullshit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I saw Hedwig, it was like really mind blowing because, you know, I'm from like rural, like rural Indiana, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you're kind of, you know, I, my parents are amazing, um, but, you know, everything's kind of oppressive and, like, you're kind it's, of, like, trained to be docile. Uh-huh. And then I see this, like, really beautiful movie about this artist who is, like, queer and different mm-hmm. and, you know, the, her life is totally crazy mm-hmm. and, 
and it's you know and things people take things from her but yet she still perseveres and mm-hmm. the music like just it's just so beautiful you know and and Hedwig ends up in the Midwest yeah like Kansas I believe like yeah. in a trailer in Kansas oh, yeah. yeah or Kansas City Can- right yeah or, yes. so that could be yeah. Kansas could be Missouri yeah I guess but yeah yeah but the Midwest the yeah. general Midwest yeah yeah so yeah so that was kind of like you know, when you guys ask me about a movie, I'm like, oh, man, because I don't really watch a lot of movies. I wish I watched more movies. And then that one just, like, came to my mind. I want to know what some of the other contenders were, just briefly. Do you remember? Um, is City of God? That uh-huh. was a really crazy movie. Have I've never seen, seen it. Okay. I know it. I know it's lauded. Uh, it's very, it was very disturbing. It's um, about, it's about like street kids, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, and then, um, uh, I think it's another one with Michael Pitt who played John Ignosis mm-hmm. or Tom, Tom Ignosis, uh-huh. um, where he was Kurt Cobain. Oh, uh, it was, uh, I forget the name of that, but, oh, was it the Gus Van Zandt? Yeah. Gus film? Van Zandt. Yeah. It, not Elephant, right? I think it was Elephant. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't think I've ever seen, but yeah. maybe seen pieces of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the same actor. Yeah. 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 So I went through a huge movie kind of like watching period, like in kind of like, oh, six to oh eight uh-huh. i watched a lot of movies then and then i kind of have been trickling out but mm. yeah. yeah i feel like doing this podcast really sort of allows people to see how artists have amazing taste in movies like, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I don't know why but i feel like it's like this really um has just yeah, it's like allowed people to see this like incredible like in variety of taste mm-hmm. in movies, yeah. and so it's really cool. Like I look forward to each episode because I know I'm gonna watch the movie, and I know if I haven't seen it, I'm probably gonna really like it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the one I I watched this movie when it first came out, and I think I remember just snippets. And it's funny because my sister was really the one that. Uh, it was really one of her favorite movies. But the one scene that stuck out to me was when uh, Tommy is in the bathtub and yeah. then oh, yeah. Hedwig comes over and, like, you know, gives him a hand job. And yeah. that's the part that, like, <laughs> stuck out in my mind. I don't know why. but as, as Were you a babysitter, Aaron? No, I was not a babysitter, <laughs> thankfully. Um, although one time I did have Have you a... ever played a babysitter? That's so funny. No, never. <laughs> uh, not like that. Not quite like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, but, you know. I'm it... getting canceled during this episode. Yes, I'm, you I'm... are. <laughs> I'm sure. Right, you better watch out. Um <laughs> And that is like the turning point in the movie, you know, that is like, oh, like yeah. the gesture of dropping that card in the water, uh-huh. like really like changes, changes everyone's face. For people right? that have not seen Hedwig, what are you guys talking about? Okay. Maybe Christy, if you want to do like a real brief synopsis for our listeners. Oh, of the film? Yeah. Or just that scene, <laughs> okay. just that scene for now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um... So that scene is like Hedwig has is recently divorced from Luther, who mm-hmm. brought her to the States. And then immediately, you know, after a kind of like debauched surgery, right, mm-hmm. to like the promise of like, she had to go through that to be brought to the States. And then immediately, like, 
you know, he kind of divorces her for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has to get like kind of odd jobs to support herself. And then one of them is a babysitter. And so she ends up um, babysitting, you know, one of the, like a little baby who's like Tommy's sister or brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, that scene is Tommy in the bathtub and then Hedwig kind of walks by as, uh, yeah, Tommy's masturbating and then goes over and kind of finishes the job, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, and then yeah. drops her business card drops in the her, bathtub. Yeah, and ah. that's, that changes everything. And then he becomes sort of like a groupie and goes to her gigs at the mini mall, right? Yeah. 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 Where she's playing, is she playing with the, um, the army base wives? It's like a Korean, Mm -hmm. like manicure, Uh manicure place. (laughs) Yeah. They rock out for sure. They rocked out. Yeah. And then he kind of falls in love with her, um, while she's singing this beautiful song. Yeah. Um, and um, and then, of course, after that, I believe, um, you know, it's the movie is sort of broken up in funny ways because then you kind of get a sense that the beginning, there's this angst towards him because he has uh, stolen all of her songs and <laughs> yeah. Has, yeah. taken them for his own and then performing and becoming really successful. Yeah. So, but then, you know, what I love is that, you know, she's performing in these, like, very middle America seafood restaurants. Yeah. And that's to me, <laughs> there's such a fun, like, this is, it's got, like, some dark humor, I think, happening in a lot of moments. And, you know, when you <laughs> see those, like, you know, the, you know, you know, the, like, they're, they're middle America. They just want to sit down for dinner. And yeah. they have this performer who's, you know, so extravagant and sort of over yeah. the top. And then the looks on their faces, it's just yeah. kind it's of... amazing. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you, so, Christy, I was wondering, do you ever feel like that when you're performing? Like, I know, <laughs> like you've had some performances yeah. in unconventional places. Like, do you ever just yeah. get, like, people, you know, kind of giving you that, you know, that look? Yeah, yeah. And I really, I mean, I kind of enjoy that. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that's what I live for is like the, to kind of, I don't know, like get people out of their typical lives and Mm -hmm. to, you know, because I think that's, you know, I think for all of us, you know, I know like I, I kind of get in a cycle of, you know, maybe it's a routine or, you know, and it's really these things that like pierce the routine that kind of rupture it that really give us a chance to like grow and learn and, mm-hmm. um, and like kind of like explore that the feeling of not knowing or that feeling of, um, like not being sure. Uh, and so, so yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, um, I know like I performed recently, like before COVID and, uh, in Austin, mm-hmm. um, at, I think it was cheer up Charlie's and there was a bunch of like drunk frat boys and it was ah, so mm-hmm. weird that's pretty <laughs> it was yeah, like so yeah. bizarre well, and that is it is funny because Chirp Charlie's is a gay bar and a, and a queer space yeah and but it's also Austin yeah. East 6th Street yeah uh, and, and so it's taken over by a lot of people that aren't necessarily sensitive to the queer culture. Yeah. So they're just, you know, like everywhere else in the world, like they're entitled because they're white and straight. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, they, they take up a lot of space. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting when you, when Aaron, when you're asking, you know, if Christy ever feels like 
like like she's appearing a little alien in performing Mm -hmm. and it's like i think that you kind of in like are cultivating that because you were saying identify his trans species oh yeah yeah like what can you talk about that yeah so i mean i i think it's also like i've been reading the upanishads for the last week and a half and like really trying to explore what um who is the author again lou uh, Oh, the Upanishads are like they're I, you know, if I'm saying it correctly, they're the they're the most ancient human kind of like spiritual writing, like oh. and they predate Hinduism. Oh. So they're 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 non like they're not like they don't uh, talk about um, rituals or religions. It's basically just a bunch of sages, and they're all it's all anonymous. So there's no authors. And it's like a collection of, I mean, these like predate Christianity and, you know, it's like, I believe it's 4,500 BC. Like it's very old and they were only recited orally for Mm. like for forever until like 800 BC. And they started to become written down. Um, you weren't, they weren't allowed to be written down. And so, um, there's like oh, major, because they're sacred they're sacred uh-huh. and so there's major upanishads and then minor upanishads and um but and they're not you know they're they're kind of verse you know they're verses they're like poet poetic and uh-huh. um a lot of them are just like a conversation between like a teacher and a pupil um and so but the- yeah. This is interesting too because of the dynamic between Tommy Gnosis, mm. who yeah. is who is uh, given the name Gnosis yeah. by Hedwig, yeah. and, and the, the Gnostic texts oh, are, are uh, like ancient pre-Christian text, right? Oh, or are they are they pre-Christian? Or are they very f- the very first Christians? Oh, I don't. At any rate, at any rate, they're like ancient sacred uh-huh. text. Well, yeah. and. Uh, Tommy and Hedwig kind of form a relationship where it's like a mentorship. Um, yes. In yes. the beginning, so there's also you know that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's fascinating. Wow. Oh, so so but but go on, Christy. Yeah. Go further with it if so, you can. Um, so I, so I've been reading the Upanishads, and I'm like really really interested in like angels, but not angels that are like like Christian angels. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like I'm. I'm interested in like what happens be like between the threshold of life and death. I'm kind mm. of obsessed with that threshold. And like you know, so according to the Upanishads, like if you're able to um, kind of like meditate and through practice and through like um, like compassion, basically, like and it, it's beautiful because it's like compassion without religion. Like it's just compassion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so like if you're able to to meditate and they talk about om, you know, a U M or O M, like if that is like the the sound that, you know, when you say that it's meant to put you in the space of not this and not that. You know, wow. and and so once you're able, like, so the sages, you know, that the whole point, you know, if I could summarize the Upanishads, the whole point is that through your life, um, through this kind of like sacred practice, you can. And I've also been reading about, you know, books by the Dalai Lama, but you can end the the process of um, karma and in in samsara and rebirth. And so, you know, through that you you know, if you're able to kind of like be one with the, um, the unperishable, right. Or like the, you know, the thing that is beyond 
cause and effect, right? The thing that doesn't die, the immortal. Mm -hmm. Then when you die, you are one with it and you are released from the cycle of death and rebirth. And so, so I'm really interested in that, that, that threshold of like just walking into death. And so how does one use one's life to prepare for that moment? Mm -hmm. And so, so becoming trans species is, you know, I think like what I've envisioned and had visions of is that there's this whole plane when we die, like there are beings that help us either into the next life or they, they help us in the transition or they greet us into immortality. And so those are the angels. Those are the kind of Mm -hmm, trans species. mm And, um, I'm sure there's all sorts of different kinds, um, you know, and there's different levels of rebirth. Like human, I believe is in the middle, you know, Mm -hmm. like then there's like kind of like semi like angels. Right. And then there's like, you know, so even heaven itself can end, you know, there's, I think there's even stages beyond that. So it's, so I've just become really fascinated with that. And so that is the trans species. It's like the inhuman, Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. you know, like at what point do we stop being human and we become Mm -hmm. like immortal, I guess. I'm really glad I asked you that because I was thinking about things terrestrial, like life yeah. so that it, so, so it's not necessarily like, um, another being here but like something on a spiritual plane something in another dimension well i do believe that certain i don't like the word aliens Mm -hmm. but certain like i'll call them angels yeah they do they can pass through different dimensions and can appear in our dimension as a kind of ufo Mm. oh man so they're the same thing yeah. I love this. Yeah, they're the same. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like a lot of things I feel like, you know, here I go again on my anti-Christian rants. Oh, but no. Okay, listeners, prepare yourself. I feel <laughs> I feel that a lot of things are sort of a lot of phenomenon, mm-hmm. a lot of concepts are kind of dumbed down and put through this Christian filter that's almost like for like a child's mind. Yeah. So that it's like, yeah. well, what are these beings? Oh, well, let's just call them they're friendly and they have wings and they're God's friends. And they're like, well, like, okay, if you need to understand something really complex in the simplest way possible, like here's the six-year-old intellectual (laughs) version of that. But like, I find it much more exciting to think of them as, you know, and even the way that we've looked at alien life and what, um, what that means, um, and, and, uh, you know, what the, the possibility of those things are and, uh, you know, are they aware of us or, are oh, we, yes. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we have the, like the least awareness. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're so limited. I mean, that's the thing we're very, you know, like how many ever dimensions we can experience, you know, they can travel through dimensions, you know, and can, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, we're, we're a very limited capacity and they're, they're inches from our nose. Mm-hmm. That's what I've realized. You know, they, they're, they're inches from our nose. And wow. when we die, they're right there. Hey, Christy, I was wondering about, and maybe if you could talk a little bit about, I'm kind of jumping to the end, but like the ending of the movie mm-hmm. and like your interpretation of, cause it got kind of like surreal at the end. Like it, like it didn't follow like 
so that sort of linear sort of progression of talking about the story of Hedwig and his and his um, his upbringing. <laughs> and so I don't I don't I'd love to hear your take on on the ending. Yeah, the ending was kind of different than what I remembered when I first saw it mm-hmm. and when I rewatched it. And I saw it in I actually saw it in Broadway. It was like I've only oh, wow. seen like a handful of things on Broadway, mm-hmm. but I saw it with Darren Chris, who was I don't know if he was like the third, second or third okay. person who had to do it. I saw it with um Oh. Donovan Letch. Okay. I think that's his name. Don- that's it's awesome. Donovan's son. Cool. The pop star. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. And Ali Sheedy was uh, preparing for the role and oh, she was outside really? on the steps, like smoking. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. Oh, um, so I, I get. So are you referring to when, like, so Hedwig mm-hmm. um, kind of begins to stalk. Tommy travels to like you know like wherever Tommy's playing right is shadowing his shadowing tour. his tour right. and then finally um, Hedwig's current partner um, had got the job in rent right and then Hedwig like rips up right her, their passport, passport. Mm-hmm. and then kind of like loses it right and right. then goes out and gets trashed with some like oh kind of that was groupies. so funny yeah because he's or she's sitting on top of like a pile of tires yeah in, like, a junkyard. I know. yeah they're i think they're outside of something like lilith fair oh yeah it's like a, it's like a women's music festival yeah but like hedwig is playing just out in a pasture or yeah, somewhere like like like, like yeah <laughs> <laughs> And the, the filming was so beautiful. Like, oh, I just yeah. noticed how, mm-hmm. like, the shots of it and everything was yeah. so good. So yeah. that, okay, like, that's a really interesting scene. And maybe we can go back to that. The part that I was sort of thinking about was towards the end where it's like he, I'm sorry, I keep saying that. She loses um, the wig and, yeah. and the makeup. And then there's this sort of, like, almost like a psychedelic thing that happens where you know and then um are they kind of are they singing a duet sort of they're going back and forth they're sort of like 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 they're the the two personalities are sort of like mirroring each other yes yeah so what what were your like what are your thoughts on the that part of the movie I yeah I think what Hyde said like I think they're like reunited in a way like mm-hmm. the whole you know that's the song of like what is it the um the story of love or like the the origins of love the origins of you know, love I think it, yeah I think it goes back to that they were the two parts that were separated yeah. and now they're mm-hmm. reunited and so you know Hedwig takes off the wig becomes a man again conf- you know, like they're singing together and confronts Tommy mm-hmm. and Tommy just walks away in shame, like accepts the shame, you know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. and that I thought, and then, and then, yeah, it was just, and then it ends. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's really, it's interesting. I'm thinking about the, you guys might hate this, but I'm, I'm oh. getting visions of Rocky Horror Picture Show uh-huh. and the ending of that because it's also a trans performer yeah. who is uh, like an alien. Like they get, <laughs> like Frankenfurter actually gets beamed back up into space, oh, right? Yeah. That's and amazing. and it's the same kind of like. Uh, uh, deconstruction of yeah. the persona, the yeah. drag persona, yeah. that like the the melted makeup yeah. and the 
the the facade is a little broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's on stage and it's a performer. Yeah. Like, yeah. John Cameron Mitchell has to be referencing Frankenfurter there. Interesting. Yeah. I could yeah. totally see that. Um, definitely. And then like there was the moment at the very, very end where he's walking out into the street naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, but, but naked. naked. And you've kind got... of like a rebirth, like a baby. Oh. Yeah. 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 That's such a good point. That's so true. And then he's got the tattoo that's now become, it was before it was these sort of two halves and then the tattoo becomes one. Yeah. And we see that at the very beginning of the movie. And yeah. it, uh-huh. it does feel like there's this moment when he's like gone, like kind of the experiences that you were sort of sharing with us earlier where, you know, he's reached the point where he's sort of transcended beyond like gender, mm-hmm. beyond yeah. like, yeah. you know, like, envy and jealousy and and all of that and it's just like you know and and that is so interesting too because you know if you think about tommy gnosis as like perhaps not a a concrete solid character but as maybe uh what do you say like a uh a personification of like it's like Hedwig has manifested their own nemesis through this like Picking up this teenager, yeah. giving them a few skills, yeah. allowing themselves to be ripped off by mm. this person. And, it, like, is Tommy Gnosis real? Yeah. Or is Tommy Gnosis just, like, um, the self-destructive impulses in Hedwig? Or all everything that has, like, taken from Hedwig in the past, like, yeah. embodied, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Because when, when Hedwig can make peace with this character... Yeah. They're whole again. And when the character like goes in shame, like accepts mm-hmm. the shame, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking uh, too about, um, you know, like a lot of the the creative impulse for Hedwig comes from trauma. Like a lot of his songs mm-hmm. are, you know. Yeah. T- telling his story. Yeah. Telling his or story. T- Mm-hmm. Totally, and I think a lot of artists particularly feel drawn to that experience because there, there might, you know, and Hyde, I know we've talked about this where yeah. it's like a lot of artists consider themselves outside of sort of normie culture mm-hmm. and in some ways like don't quite fit in and so their work yeah. can sometimes reflect those experiences. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about how like even Hedwig's um, stage banter is like telling these terrible stories from childhood mm-hmm. about how, like, you know, I had to live in this tiny little apartment with my mom yeah. and she abused me. And yeah. then, like, I met this other person who abused me. And then I met this other person who he ripped abused. me off. Yeah. And that's always, like, in this kind of laissez faire, um, like, presentation of, like, well, this is my story. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that she's told it so many times. Yeah. Like, the way that we sort of, like, build pathways in the brain, and, like, we like to, like, kind of pick our scabs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, relive our traumas. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. Totally. let me tell you all the ways people have wronged me. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I'm yeah. saying this because I identify with this kind of bullshit mentality, too. Like, I've done... I've done this with my own history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, I really love the scene um, that when Hedwig is, or Hansel, when he's 
little. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's on the bed in East Berlin, right? And he's uh-huh. rocking out dancing. <laughs> yeah. And I love that kid's so dancing. Cute. It's the cutest little thing. I just like it makes yeah. me smile when I see that. I've wondered technically how they did that because that kid just moves so fast. Uh-huh. And I've wondered if they've run oh, the footage backward, oh. if they've sped it up. Because the mother is also in the background, like walking around in the door frame. Yeah. So, you know, but I've, because that kid yeah. is like, like, so like physically active. It's yeah. really a tremendous scene. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's dancing to Iggy Pop, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, and um, I I thought the mother character was interesting as well. That mm-hmm. that sort of conversation that she has with um, Hansel, um, uh-huh. something about power or what was that? Oh, yeah, was... it was like absolute power corrupts. Uh-huh. Like he was talking about uh-huh. Jesus, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he's yes. like, Jesus died for our sins or something. Mm-hmm. And then she said, well, Hitler also died for our sins or something that's right right. and then she's like absolute power corrupts so it's better to be powerless yes oh my god yeah that you know and that's that's so interesting in in like the the cutting off of the penis right Uh right 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 and and you know that's very interesting too that this like oppressed woman yeah is like the she, the advice that she's giving is terrible advice uh-huh. because it's talking about disempowerment yeah. rather than, but it's also the way that she sees I've made a situation out of like all these lemons <laughs> that yeah. I've been handed. But, um, you know, and it goes back to art school too yeah. about how, like, if you're not careful, people that have your best interest in mind in quotation marks would give you terrible advice and direction and mentorship mm-hmm. and kind of teach you how to not um, not actualize exactly. what what you're capable of yeah. but yeah. what they're comfortable with mm-hmm. yeah because they still they still want to be in power and control right yeah. right yeah I'm the mommy you're the yeah. baby yeah. <laughs> yeah and how she you know when he had to make the decision to you know for the you know, the kind of like the, the operation and she's mm-hmm. like, one must sacrifice. Uh-huh. We have to leave something behind. Yeah. It's like she had the, the surgeon, the butcher surgeon on speed dial. Oh, yeah. She was yeah. just like, yeah, like, let's like, do this. I, it's, that was so bizarre. <laughs> like it was, that was interesting too, that it's this, maybe that one of the first trans figures in a film yeah. that is like, the decisions being made for Hedwig. Yeah. It's Luther's idea. And yeah. then it's the mother who's like making the arrangements. Yeah. yeah. And Hedwig's just sort of like deer in the headlights. Like yeah. what, what's about to happen? Yeah. He's a femme boy. Yeah. But uh-huh. that didn't necessarily mean. Yeah. He chose to be female. Exactly. And then in a, in a strange turn of events, he never did turn female. Truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in this gray area between yeah. genders and like, with a botched surgery. Yeah. And then he also would do these like super um, aggressive, not su- but maybe passive aggressive behaviors towards, I think they were his, her partner, Yitzhak. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, was the, it the bass player? This, yeah. Backup guitarist. singer. Mm-hmm. And, and anytime Yitzhak started to take on a more feminine identity that seemed to threaten. Um, yeah. Exactly. And, and her, 
you know, perceived identity. Yeah. Hedwig is kind of a tough character because there are times when you don't like her very much yeah. because she is so cruel. Yeah. But she's all, you kind of get it because she's so frustrated, yeah. so disempowered, yeah. so like broken, mm, but like, yeah. man, like, <laughs> Tough to love. But then she gave her the wig at the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like the beginning of the kind of liberation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, when Hedwig destroys um, their passport to keep them in the band, like that scene just guts me. Like somebody having that much control over you Mm -hmm. and so little uh, empathy for your situation. Yeah. Like wanting to keep you captive. Yeah. Yeah. Very toxic. Ooh. Ooh. One yeah. of my favorite characters was the um, the agent. The uh huh. Is that I, who's is that, played by? Is it Mira Shore? Like who was the name? Mira Shore is oh. uh, is the bandmate. Oh, Mira Shore is the bandmate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, who? She's from S- SCTV. Yes. Yeah. Why can't I think Wait, of her name? Okay. Is this the manager? Uh, yeah. Yes, the manager. Okay, this is Phyllis Stein. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's the character's name is Phyllis Stein. Oh, my yeah, apologies. Yeah, Andrea Martin is yes. her okay. name. Yeah, Andrea she's, Martin. She's so good. Yeah, yeah, she's so... She's, like, last week we talked about um, 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 Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. and Madeline Kahn is in that, and we were talking about, like, just how... how she's like candy on the uh-huh. screen. Yeah. And I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... Um, Andrea Martin is like that too. Yeah. Like there's just such joy, such yeah. like, uh, like, you know, effervescence from her, just anything she does. You just yeah. want to watch her. Yeah. That is not when you get up to go to the bathroom. She's <laughs> almost like the kind of opposite of the mom character. Yes. She's like yeah. the mom that Hedwig never yeah. had. Yeah. There's so many like character kind of parallels and opposites. It's true. That scene. And again, where Hedwig kind of displays, you know, some, um, sort of toxic behavior with the bra in the dryer. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Was he took yes. the bra in the dryer, yeah. which is so true. But like a lot of people don't know that. Like my boyfriend would put anything in the dryer if I let him. Um, and, Hide but, your dog. But then, your dog. I know, God. And then, but um, the uh, Andrea Martin comes in and is like, borrow one of mine. Like it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like she's the mom it's that sort of, of yeah. swoops in and, and sort of yeah. tries to neutralize the situation. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought that was a pretty cruel moment to get. And I understand, like, we can have all our moments when we become yeah. irritated over something Well, small. you know, it's interesting. Yeah, like, Hedwig ha- displays some crazy diva behavior. Oh, yeah. And you're yeah. wondering, like, why? Where did the, all of this come from? But then when you really think about people that can be the most obnoxious bullies, are re- they yeah. do not have good self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, well, like, you know, look at our former president. Oh, yeah. You know, not a happy person. No. Spreading, yeah. <laughs> spreading darkness, you know. It's like, yeah, if, if he was a well-adjusted and loved person... Uh, he wouldn't have to cause such destruction in his and in his way. That also, I mean, does uh, Trump have an angry inch as well? I mean, we have to <laughs> that. You know, an inch if he's lucky. I, I think. know. <laughs> uh, it's, he's got an angry orange. <laughs> oh, the picture in my mind is so wrong. Oh my gosh. So I don't know. 
I don't know if this is so off topic here, but I was looking into this movie and there is a perfume inspired by Hedwig. Interesting. Yes, it's unisex. um, And evidently it has notes of uh, industrial (laughs) cosmetics, stale air, (laughs) (laughs) alcoholic mintiness. Yeah. And people are saying that it smells just like a smoky bar. Um, wow. So you. Can... Where do we get to smell it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't know if it's in stock, but um, <laughs> I, I don't. I can't imagine this being terribly popular. But there is a company that does make this. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I was like, Ooh. man. It's kind of giving me a bad feeling in the yeah. back of my throat, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> it'd be a good, it'd be an interesting experience, right? Just oh. to smell it once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be really funny just to start wearing it, just to really throw people off, you know? Like, it might, it might be like two girls, one cup, though. It might be like <laughs> once you smell it, like you can't unsmell it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> gonna um i was and i th- again this is really out of left field um but i was when i was watching this movie i was thinking about this song by the blues travelers do you guys know the 90s <laughs> i know this is so bad but it's that it's that song called hook do you guys know what I'm talking about? Sing it, Aaron. Oh hell no! I'm not gonna sing that. <laughs> but it's I. You would know it, like if you if it was on the radio or something. You're like, oh yeah, this blues traveler song, and um, it's one of those songs that I thought I knew the lyrics to, and then um, I was told what that song is actually about, which is how lyrics are meaningless, and oh. that as long as you have the hook in the oh. like that you you can sing about anything you want and so in my it's a nihilistic pop song totally totally and (laughs) you know the whole time from my you know from when i first remember hearing this song to like present day almost i thought it was kind of like a romantic song i don't know why but i read like wrote like some sort of heartbroken romantic because that's what most songs are about. So uh-huh. I'm just naturally like putting that on the song, even though if you listen to the lyrics, it's like, it doesn't matter what I say. Like that's exact. that's the first line of the song, <laughs> as long as there's a hook or some, something like that. Um, and so I was thinking like how this movie, the lyrics are so important and they're so powerful. And I yeah. just thought mm-hmm. I was like, that's such, that song is so wrong. Like, the lyrics <laughs> do matter, yeah, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it depends what your audience is, Erin. Oh, that's because, true. You know, <laughs> like, as we talk about art yeah. and, uh, like, maybe the difficulties in in uh, interpreting Christie's body of work, mm-hmm. you know? And, and honestly, I would say that would come from, like, how willing are you to put in the work? Yes. Yeah. How much attention are you willing to give something? So... I, not to shit all over Blues Traveler. No, you can't because I think that if, you can do, that's okay, you know, because I think that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their audience might just be like, oh, yeah, give us more McDonald's, Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but it yeah, to me, I just, I was sort of like struck by that idea. And I think that there are artists out there who also feel the same way where they just put out whatever and it doesn't uh-huh. have meaning, but because it sounds good or it looks... Yeah. Good. Well, you know, it's kind of an anti-intellectual argument that, like, 
the, like everything is meaningless and art doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of breaks my heart. But then I see a film like this or I look at your work, Christy, and it's like that it does matter. And I think sometimes that yeah. maybe blues travelers, maybe their audience isn't the most intellectual, but I think they should give them a little bit more credit than mm-hmm. that but yeah. um well you know that's interesting because like Hedwig is antagonistic toward her audience at some points okay. in film too yeah. and like yeah. I, I think that there is that sometimes between an artist and their audience that um uh, I don't know if it's like impatience aggravation mm. like they feel like they're not getting enough or mm-hmm. like or it's uh, their messages fallen on deaf ears mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Well, and Christy, I'm sure, you know, as you mentioned earlier that, you know, um, you're, you're asked maybe by peers or academics to like, you know, fine tune your message or, you know, maybe make it more clear. And, and it's like or more obvious, uh, more <laughs> obvious. And, and I think that, you know, that would, it's not that, that your message isn't clear, but I think that your message is kind of on a higher level that I don't think people uh-huh. are willing to like maybe invest as much time or energy into, you know, really kind of digging yeah. a little deeper. Um, yeah. But Well, you know, what's funny about that is like some people really look for these absolutes in interpreting art. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is so lame. And like, I get yeah. that impulse, but I would like, turn it back to the person and just go like you're trying to dissolve all the mystery in this Mm. and maybe you let some of the mystery and the unknown live because like what christy's talking about about like trans speciesism and like things that we don't understand like uh phenomenon metaphysics ancient spiritual texts that couldn't even be like uh scribed because they would lose their power it's like like I, sorry, I can't give you the uh, the, the version of this for idiots trade mm-hmm. trademark, yeah. you know, trademark yeah. two thousand twenty one. Yeah. Um, maybe there's not a version for idiots that exists because it's too complex. And mm-hmm. if I try to distill it, it's gonna lose everything. So why bother? Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like, how does an artist survive, though? Mm. With like, what are mm-hmm. the choices an artist has? Crime. Crime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, within that context, uh-huh. like, do you just kind of like, because like after reading the Upanishads, it's like I just want to explore my the inner world. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, like I'm trying not to get on Instagram. Like mm. I'll, you know, like I. I, maybe once a week peek on there oh that's very smart and yeah. it does like I can tell it affects me you know like yeah. social media and I don't I already don't watch television you know I haven't watched TV since like 07 mm-hmm. wow so you know that's great discipline yeah so it's just it's also just kind of like how what kind of life can an artist lead mm-hmm. and what is the art world art world really you know it's like this capitalist structure mm-hmm. and so yes it's very tied to commodity. Very yeah. tied to commodity and branding and 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 all of that. And it's like, mm-hmm. I just think of history and all of the brilliant people who have just like turned their back on that, mm-hmm. you know, and said there's an inner world that is so much more rich and real, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what I think like a lot of Hedwig's frustration was about that, you know, like... 
you know, he was the genius and Tom Ignosis was like the copycat. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so... Because um, Tom Ignosis does not play one song that Hedwig didn't, Hedwig didn't play yeah. originally. Yeah, yeah. So and you get the sense yeah. that... Yeah. And then he even fucked up one of the lyrics. Um, yeah. Remember, right, did limo. not... <laughs> And then it was Osiris. He was, no, Osiris. He's like, God damn it, you fucked up the lyric, you little shit. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. so frustrating. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, but I, I was just thinking about how, like, we have these, like, in movies and TV and, and you know, all this, this different sort of cult, uh, popular culture, we have this idea of, of, you know, aliens or, you know, something more extraterrestrial um, or even like what the afterlife looks like. And it's like, we really have absolutely no idea. Like we are, you know, making these... We can't conceive of it. We really can't. Our brains are not that big. Yeah, it's like we're... You know, I think that it's okay to just accept the fact that like our representations of aliens or higher powers Mm -hmm. look whatever however they might exist like doesn't reflect like i like i I always think about that really like uh stereotypical um like x-files alien and it's like i'm I'm always like (laughs) shaking my head because i was like god like you know they they're not gonna look anything like us yeah you know but that's the recognizable trope archetype of like you know aliens look like this and they do these things and they and they're 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 scary and and they're non-empathetic yeah you know they're lizard-like yeah Yeah. but i think that your work christy and this i mean in the most like respectful way that your work operates a little bit like that where i think people it's so alien and so foreign to like those traditional you know uh styles and and aesthetics that like you're operating in this way that's presenting artwork and something that's you know so unconventional Mm -hmm. and that you know, it's like, I'm sure people, I mean, I, I'm, I, I showed, um, like Felix Gonzalez Torres's work to my students today and they're like, yeah, brains exploded. And I'm like, this wow. work is so old. <laughs> it's so old, you uh-huh. know? And, and like, uh, so but he's not Van Gogh. And so they've never right. heard of him. Exactly. Yeah. T- totally. I mean, thankfully they know now, but it's like, there's so much more to explore. And a mm-hmm. lot of yeah. them, like their jaws were dropping, you know, when I said that this they didn't art. know art could do that. They didn't. Yeah. yeah. They didn't know art could kind of be presented in such a way that really felt sort mm-hmm. of alien and, and, yeah. you know, like, um, transgressive. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. You know, I want to, mention something in Christie's work um there there are costumed performers oh, yeah. and quite often they're wearing uh, a rubber mask of Scarlett Johansson uh-huh. and <laughs> I've always thought that it was kind of like funny and but now I'm kind of after talking to Christie about their work I'm I'm starting to see it in a in a little bit of a different way and that like Scarlett Johansson is maybe, maybe I'm getting this all wrong, but I'll just say it, is this epitome of like human perfection, except it's a mask. And it's like, we're all just wearing these kind of rubber suits (laughs) that aren't who we are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like talking about like, almost like the, um, the fallacy of human existence or the importance of humans in mm. the cosmos is that oh, we're, yeah. you know, we're just like these clowns running around oh, in these, yeah. uh-huh. these suits that are very pretty, but 
in some cases. Yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're really not that evolved. I mean, that's the thing. We're, yeah. we're important, you know, like we can, you know, we're here so that we can reflect back to the immortal, mm-hmm. you know, like how we understand it from our point of view and, and all of our points of view reflect it all back. But it's all limited, you know, it's it's very, very limited. And, and even, you know, you know, I think like as humans, we're just, I don't even know if we're like in the middle, you know, like we're maybe in the bottom third mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like, yeah, right. of, of where, I mean, or bottom quarter. Definitely behind octopus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Octopi. The, yeah. They're octopuses. Are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's octopi, yeah. but I set that up wrong. I think that um, from what I heard, that it's not a Greek word, so octopi is incorrect. Oh. Um, but octopuses sounds really weird to me, so <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they are like amazing. Maybe creatures. we just call them octocuties. Yeah. And, have, and be done with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, language is, you know, mm-hmm. artful. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, Yeah, Christy, I know you've got some stuff coming up, and you just did um, a project in Fort Worth, actually, that was inspired by an opera. I don't know if you want to briefly talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I worked with uh, Sarah Jane Parsons Mm -hmm. at um, TCU, and um, she uh, helped me produce an opera that took place in a rodeo coliseum and um in fort worth in fort worth Mm -hmm. and so i worked with two singers and i believe like six performers and i you know the opera was about the main character kind of like having these ecstatic experiences and Mm -hmm. being like reborn and so but it was all kind of like rodeo themed (laughs) um so that just i finished that this spring and then i'm working on my uh, the second opera that is about um kind of plant how plants communicate Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some plant costumes. And, yeah. <laughs> so the, awesome. one singer, this, it'll be smaller, like one singer and two, two dancers. Yeah. I know that, um, like I found uh, out, I forget where it was from, but there is something about the, how plants have memories, which is amazing to me that they can like remember, um, certain experiences, um, and this was proven by some plant that like it closes up when it gets dropped. Like it's kind of like a Venus flytrap, but it's not. And you, if you drop it, it will like close up. And then if you keep doing that over and over again, and it's like it drops in like a very safe way, that it will stop closing up because it learns that that's not a harmful like something to react wow. to. It like blew yeah. my mind thinking yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that plants are so fascinating. And I can't wait oh, to yeah. see um, videos of that. That sounds awesome. Where are you going to show that work or review? Um, I might show it at Solid Years. Yeah. I'm oh, still kind okay. of searching. Yeah, so. Christy and I are talking about that. I have to get it. Um, I have to show it to my board yeah, and yeah. all. But I think it's a perfect project oh, for Solid Years, which yeah. is in San Antonio. And Christy and I are both in San Antonio right now. Um, I, uh, I got up for a second and I wanted to show Christy oh. these pictures, uh, from that I got the last time I was visiting my mom is that, um, my, my brothers and I were in rodeos when we were a kid, we kids. And, uh, I just had some pictures of me and my younger brother wow. 
team roping uh-huh. that I wanted to show Christy because she filmed this uh, opera in uh, at the Fort Worth Rodeo. Wow, these uh, are amazing. Arena. <laughs> you are in it. Well, it's the you know it's just such a funny thing and like you've been those aren't in that Coliseum, yeah. but that's a that's a Coliseum in Baton Rouge that's wow. very similar. Yeah, you know? very very similar. <laughs> but um, wow. yeah, I love that Christy is working in that in this you know western coliseum that's our rodeo coliseum it is the oldest indoor rodeo coliseum i think did you hear this bit of trivia i think i think it's the oldest indoor rodeo arena i yeah it's called the will rogers arena or something like that yeah and it's in fort worth right across from the Fort Worth Modern, the mm-hmm. Kimball, and the Eamon Carter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, it's this amazing kind of deco era building. Yeah. And, uh, and so much, so much goes on there weekly. There are like all kinds of like dance recitals and livestock shows. And, uh, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a cultural hub in Fort mm, Worth. Yeah. Christy, is that where you did your opera video performance? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We filmed it there. Cool. Yeah. I love the pic. Like I'm kind of looking at some of it online and it's like, I see the Bud Light advertisement in the background and <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's just, it, it's an, it's nice to sort of see artwork outside of the white cube. Um, and even yeah. outside of like these more traditional public art spaces, like a, um, yeah. like in a, a square or somewhere, you know, something like that, like you can see yeah. it, you know, and something really avant-garde existing in a space where you don't normally see um, works that are terribly challenging. Mm-hmm. So it's it's refreshing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was a blast. And it is interesting, too. It's like the three of us are all artists working in Texas. And I'm sure that, you know, there are lots of arguments that come up about regionalism Mm -hmm. and what it means to be in Texas. And so sometimes I feel like we want to play with these these thematic Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. elements like, say, a rodeo, like somebody in New York or somebody in London would think like, oh, Texas, like, oh, well, you must, you know, have horses and you must Mm -hmm. live in the desert. And, you know, we all live in, uh, well, you live in Dallas, Aaron, Mm -hmm. and we live in, in San Antonio, like, you know, cities with millions of people and airports. Uh (laughs) But we still have these little touch tone moments of like, Oh, that's something to utilize. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know I, yeah. I eat cactus at least once a day. You know, <laughs> but... Look out for those thorns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this uh, was there anything else you wanted to add, Christy, about Hedwig or what you've got coming up in the future or anything like that? Uh, no, I'm good. I really appreciate talking with you guys yeah. about it. It's been really fun. Yeah. I I know we watched this um, several weeks ago, and so it's been on my mind for some time now. And so I've mm-hmm. I've really appreciated like the fact that all of this has got to kind of like marinate. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I feel like if you if our um, our listeners haven't seen Hedwig, you definitely should because I think the yeah. podcast will make a lot more sense, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. and it is. Inc- it's culturally so important. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it'll be a reference. Yeah, like you don't want to be the person in your group who hasn't seen it because yeah. that's kind of lame. So yeah, it's got good music. Oh, and- the music's amazing. 
It's got great music. And you know, one, one quick thing is that, and I don't know if you know this, Hyde, but um, you know, we've known each other for uh, some time now. And every once in a while, you will send me the, uh, the love song, the um, origin of love. Oh. Yeah, and I think oh, you, I've sent it to you more than once. Yeah, yeah, and Aww. I think you. Am I trying to seduce I you? I think so. <laughs> I don't know, but I think usually it's when I'm going through a breakup or something, and Aww. you'll send that to me, and it's always been this like. But I, it's been a oh. while since I've seen the movie, so I, I'm familiar more with the songs than I am. Yeah. Now it seems kind of cruel that I'm sending you the song in, in, a, in a breakup I, because it talks about how we're incomplete unless we find know, our other half. I know. Which I also, I, I think I love that song, uh-huh. love, love, love that song, but I also think the sentiment mm-hmm. is fucking bullshit like i do not prescribe to being incomplete without another person i feel it could be another creature Uh that's true my bird is my soulmate yeah yes yes it can be another creature yeah Yeah. so yeah before we started christy was telling me that she's got this tiny tiny little bird that is uh you know this sentient being that she has an incredible connection Mm. with yeah and what is his breed or so he's he's about four inches tall and he weighs 25 grams oh my god he's a yeah he's a parrotlet which is he's even smaller than a parakeet and he is as smart as a border collie oh my god yeah he's he's amazing and he's um he just turned he'll turn four in september he's a virgo (laughs) we're very very compatible yeah um but he's my he's my emotional support creature he's he's always that he's always on call and he's always willing and you know when we look at each other it's eternal yeah and he's 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 so special and yeah well i I was gonna say i feel like you've chosen a great um you know uh, companion, my sister just bought a dog, and it keeps peeing on her sofa. So, oh, like, no. a bird sounds pretty good, actually. I yeah. think uh, <laughs> they're very needy. They're very emotionally needy. So, yeah, I would not have guessed that. Oh, yeah, no, they're very emotional. They're like chill. I mean, they're very smart. It's like yeah. you know, border collies always need. You know, kind of something to do. Yeah, and it's attention. true. It's yeah, true. They're very similar. You know, and it's making me think too about like this concept that we have of angels and why do they have wings? And is there something that we recognize, mm. like a spiritual hierarchy Ooh. or some such, that like we attribute like bird characteristics to these like uh-huh. spiritual beings? Ooh, I love, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, and I know that there is a lot of different ways that angels have been depicted historically mm-hmm. i mean there and if i think if you look in the bible the descriptions are like wild like oh whoa. yeah i don't know like are you familiar with a seraphim seraphim i think it's called it's like it's just like a a cluster of wings with a giant eye floating in the center <laughs> wow. it's like terrifying uh-huh. to to think about like something like that revealing itself to you. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, that that kind of reminds me of like some anime kind of you know creature. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forming, but yeah, I, I think that whole like very Christian like you know sort of medieval depictions of of an angel is it's so safe. Like, yeah. You know. And to be honest, you know, like Christianity co-opted so many things that the notion of 
these these angelic beings might actually come from the Islamic world, oh, if I'm not mistaken, or like Mesopotamia, mm-hmm. because I I feel like you know there are winged bulls yes. yeah. in um, in like Mesopotamian what like iconography. Yeah. Um, totally. So, yeah. I mean, this is kind of making me think about like how much I'd like to see different artists commissioned with the idea of making a map of where humans land and what goes, what is the, what goes before us, what goes after us, what, where do we, where do we orient ourselves as like these clumsy apes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Well, uh, Christy, um, just thank you so much for being on the podcast. You You know, this was such a wonderful movie to watch and and talk about with you and your work. So we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed rewatching it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Heidi, we want to introduce our next artist for the... Oh, sure. Uh, We're talking to Anne Wood next week, right? We are, yeah. And and she's chosen Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, which is... The the Sofia Sofia Coppola Coppola. directed with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, yeah, which totally makes sense for her work. So I'm excited. Um, We're kind of like art sisters like separated at birth or something so <laughs> like you guys have a similar aesthetic we do and we you know we even have a similar back like she went to utsa for grad school and had some similar experiences and oh, okay. uh, yeah we so can, you're gonna you're saying the next episode's gonna be super it's, dishy it's gonna be juicy for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's the revenge episode uh-huh, totally totally which is sort of appropriate i think for marie antoinette so it'll be it'll be a fun we should one. get lawyered up aaron Uh-oh. i'll go online and download some documents and make sure we're okay so but, okay yeah, I, I just know one lawyer and he does real estate so i don't think that's gonna help us <laughs> unfortunately okay well i look forward to that discussion with you hi it's gonna be a good okay one. yeah see you next week yeah thank you christy oh yeah thank you okay bye bye erin when i think about all the people i have come upon in my travels i have to think about the people who have come upon me yeah.